This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of Press One for Nick. Your host, Nick Limsdahl, is the Director of Contact Center Solutions at VDS. Through conversations with customer service and customer experience leaders, Nick and his guests exchange insightful stories, best practices, and invaluable lessons they have learned along the way. Welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast. My name is Nick Limsdahl, and my guest this week is Jerry Campbell. Jerry is the Director of ENI Ops uh, Consumer Services at United Healthcare. Welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast, Jerry. Hey, welcome, Nick. Glad to join you. Yeah, I I, I always enjoy our conversations. Uh, we just have never recorded them, uh, so I'm looking forward to this today. Uh, but before we get started, I ask every single guest, what's one thing people might not know about you? So the one thing that uh, people might not know if they don't dig deep under my LinkedIn page is that uh, I was uh, in the military, uh, retired military person, 30 years active duty service in the United States Air Force. So uh, that's what I did, Nick. That's awesome. Um, um, Thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's crazy because uh, I was actually talking to one of my fellow military uh, uh, guy that worked for me in the military yesterday, and he was saying how we brought the lessons learned from the military into the corporate management style. And, and I was telling him how true it was and how we talk about, uh, you know, giving the power to the frontline employee and stuff like that as you're I'm sure we'll talk about and we've always talked about Nick but um, yeah just uh, really short stories about my military career I was in a like special uh, uh, what they call now Air Force Special Warfare um, a member of the TAC-P community um, we lived and breathed on army bases of the combat units Army Rangers, Special Forces, combat units. Um, we're the, the seldom seen Air Force guy. Um, and what we did is go in, jump in, helicopter in with the Army on the front lines and called in airstrikes for the Army or the Marines or the Navy, whoever we were with. So that's what we did. So 30 years of that. And I guess uh, the excitement wore off because I had to get out and start working with customer experience. Man, going going from that to to the front line of customer experience, I don't know. Uh, that that's uh, that's pretty awesome. I mean, uh, it seems like a pretty intense role, um, but uh, thirty years is a pretty good run. Um, so, what what was your favorite place to live uh, in those thirty years? Because I'm sure you just didn't stick to one spot. No, I didn't. I would have to say, uh, you know, Europe was my all-time favorite. Um, my family really enjoyed Europe, and even though I wasn't around a lot, they got to travel, and when I was home, we got to travel, right? We would, you know, we were stationed in Germany, but we would, uh, we were two hours from, not even two hours from the border of France, so we would drive to France, drive to Belgium, drive to Holland, 
Italy, wherever. So traveling around Europe and being able to experience different cultures and just enjoy the European lifestyle for four years was the, the highlight of my career. That's awesome. That's so cool that, that you get the opportunity to, to go from little, little cities to cities uh, or countries to countries for that matter. But um, let's, let's bring it back to customer experience. You know, we, we have a lot of, a lot of uh, fun and honest conversations. Um, one thing that I haven't really asked you or dug in a whole lot is, is where does customer experience start? Yeah, Nick, and, and I, I, again, I talk about my military background and, and it, it really starts with that frontline employee. So the customer experience starts with the employee experience, right? That phone or chat agent, the front counter clerk or door greeter responsible for delivering on the promises of the company. And that frontline employee sets the tone for the entire company. And um, if they're having a bad day, Nick, you know, if Nick is having a bad day and he's on the phones and the management is not treating you right and you're just getting, you know, egged and pulled and doing different things, what kind of service are you going to deliver to that member? Yeah. Right. And so that's where, you know, I talk about it all the time. It, it begins right there in the front lines with the employee. We've got to have a great employee experience in order for them to deliver on the company's promise of customer experience yeah well said uh, i think of my my analogy of that is the comedian who just i'm not saying the customer service rep isn't very good but i'm uh, as a comedian um and they're up there telling jokes and they just happen to have bad jokes and they just keep getting throwing stuff at them which is why they have to have yeah. the chicken chicken wire uh get put up like how many times is does the customer service net rep need that chicken wire maybe yeah. internally and externally to to combat the stuff that's getting thrown at them uh, that's, Absolutely. Uh, that's that's a it's not going to leave my head for for the near future <laughs> i love that so why is it important to involve your employees then in in the decision making process to deliver that customer experience because you said the the employee experience kind of is a, a direct correlation to customer experience yeah, I think um, when you involve them in that decision-making, you're giving them some power, right? They feel invested. They feel involved in the overall process. Um, it, it's the tools to help them, and they know what is needed um, and what they want to help to deliver that, right? A lot of times what you find is the agents or the frontline call center people, they're really wanting to help, but... There's a lot of stuff that is impeding their ability to help, um, you know, uh, the, the customer. Far too often, you know, we have senior level executives and senior level leaders. They said, oh, I know exactly what we need. I know exactly. Let's throw this omni-channel chat at them. And they, they will, will be so awesome. We, and we look at the metrics oh, we can deflect this many calls or we can help this much people self-service, but it's just technology they're throwing at it. And at the end of the day, again, it's all about the human interaction. It doesn't matter if it's digital or email or call. If you can't relate, you know, human to human, 
then you're not going to deliver on a great experience. Yeah. A lot of organizations forget that people, humans are doing business with humans. And yeah. it's not just about the chat. Like it, it is, it's about the omnichannel experience. It's about driving efficiencies, about reducing effort. But if you don't have the people and the process and then the technology involved, you're you're kind of you're kind of on uh, it's like the the three the three pillar of the of the stool like you you're going to be off off kilter if you're on two of them you're kind of leaning backwards trying to figure out how to how to navigate this but there's too often more often than not there is organizations don't have that um, comment box per se of right. hey how can we improve as an organization what are some of the nuggets that you see on the front line, like you keep going back to, where we can improve uh, so that that leadership can make educated decisions? If if they don't hear from that front line, they're basically just it's just best effort, and 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 best effort yeah, isn't yeah. good enough. And you, you're so right, right? And I like what you said about the process and people. You know, I, you and I talk about this a lot before, and. You got to have those processes down first before you even start throwing technology at these things, right? Um, that as as I always tell people, technology is there to complement um, that that process and those humans that are performing that process. But yeah. too far and too often, that again, because we haven't involved those people in the front lines, we've uh, complicate the process. And the human interaction, which causes us to deliver a failed experience. Yeah, and I would say the same is true with a consumer. Like, if you're not actually looking at the data or asking them, "Hey, we're trying some stuff out. What, what do you think? How does this system and how does this technology feel or act to you?" And if they didn't actually ask for that um, and, and say, "Hey, does does the customer actually want this, or we just want this whiz bang technology to?" be implemented because we think it's neat and we want to play with it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and again, you, you, you've seen it. I've seen it where the companies is like, Hey, we the new thing out is SMS text and video and text to chat and all these other things. Right. And so, well, the, our competitors doing it. So we have to get in the game and do it. And, it just increases the level of anxiety on the part of the, the agent when you you can't bring them in on the uh, solution, right? That technology solution. You want to, they need to be there um, filling out and letting you know what they really need to make it happen. They, um, those are frontline employees. They know all the pain points from the frontline perspective. So, if they're not brought in during the selection, the onboarding and operations of the, the whole thing, then we're missing something, right? I know my previous role at 7-Eleven, I brought them in and I made sure that they were, I was like, hey, we're gonna bring in, you know, this workflow or we're, I'm looking at how do we respond to our customers in the app? And these are the tools we're looking in and, you know, a lot of them sometimes were surprised that I brought them in, but at the end of the day, they were they made the best decisions, um, and it gave me the best advice so I could make the best decisions on what piece of technology to bring in. 
Yeah, I think on top of that, though, it's also I love that you did that because it it gets their perspective and their perspective is is something that you you're not always going to have. They're going to show you something or tell you something or teach you something that you don't already know. And that takes a little bit of humility. Yes, yes, right. But, yeah. yeah, but at the same time, they're also bought in because they're instead of being like, oh, we got this new whiz bang stuff like thanks thanks jerry for for this stuff but you know we didn't really need it but instead they already you asked for their opinion and their input in that in that selection process and that onboarding and the operations and the marketing etc so they're like we already have skin in the game we already had our ability yeah. to input this or to um, have involvement and i think there is uh there's a lot to say of just because you might not implement everything that they say they have at least been heard and yes. bringing that all the way back to the customer, the customer is not necessarily always right. Sometimes they just want to be heard. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And um, again, talking to just other uh, CX professionals and my experience in customer, you know, CX is just like, there's, it's always changing, right? It's ever changing because it is about individual customers. If you relate to one customer, you can't use the same kind of uh, methodology to connect to that next customer because their expectations are different, yeah. right? Um, I was uh, talking to someone yesterday about, um, you know, let's, I'll take my 7-Eleven experiences again. Some people just want to go in and buy something at 7-Eleven. Right, they want to they want to get in. It's about convenience. Well, the next person behind them may be looking at ah, the shelves are dirty or the bathrooms dirty. Uh, I'm not going to buy nothing from this store. The first one was I just need something here to get in and get out. The other one has a different expectation. So you have to be able to relate to each one of those expectations on the, on their level, not on just what you think the overall experience is but connect to them on their level. Yeah, well said. You know, just thinking of, of the convenience store experience, somebody could be running out of gas a mile up the road and they just need a gas tank. They could care less of the cleanliness or the convenience because it's more of an emergency. Some people yeah. say, I want a place where I can feel comfortable to bring my kids. There you go. Um, and others are saying, I just want an, a really good spot to have breakfast every morning that is convenient, but also has a has a quality spot where I don't have to sit in line at Starbucks across the street. There you go. And if, you, and go. if, you, if you took every one of those and just were reactive and say, OK, let's please that one. OK, let's please that one. OK, let's please that one. <laughs> then you're just uh, you're just re being reactive and you're actually looking at the holistic picture. And I think that's kind of where the system breaks. And, yeah. you know, if we bring that all the way back to technology, why do organizations feel that technology is always the solution? Because uh, if you just force technology, we kind of talked about the people in process, but if mm -hmm. you just force technology, you know, what happens when when it's too complex or maybe not even integrated correctly? So you think about this, right? When it's too complex and, you know, Let's, I want to roll it back a little bit because when we talk about integrating the technology, 
if we just throw it out there, we're going to integrate chat and we're going to do it our way. We haven't talked to the frontline uh, people. Um, first of all, when they get the tools, they're going to have a level of anxiety that they're not familiar with the tool and they're going to have a learning curve that they have to get familiar with the tool, right? So now you, instead of one piece of change management, you've doubled that because first you have to integrate the technology, working with your technology partners. Now you got to go back to, hey, I'm going to get buy-in from these people. Like you said earlier, Nick, now you're starting over and getting that buy-in that if you brought them in from the beginning, you would have that buy-in automatically. And you're going to decrease the level of anxiety of bringing in a new tool. The most frustrating thing for a call center agent is to say, hey, I'm going to change your telephony system. And all you need to do is figure out how to answer the phones and what's going on. And by the way, it's going to be omni-channel and you're going to be able to do chat and phone. Figure it out, right? Just figure it out. And you don't think there's a level of anxiety there? Like, well, I don't know. And then they're going to start doubting their knowledge, that their basic knowledge to answer the questions of the customer because they're dealing with this complicated system. And so you're going to break down their psyche and their belief that they can deliver on the, the, the correct information. If we're not bringing them in, getting the buy-in from the beginning, um, and waiting till the end to do that after we've, you know, leaders, the pompous leaders that we are, we're like, we know what they need. We know what they need. We're going to give it to them. And this is what you need. Now make it work, right? Yeah. Their morale is tore down. Productivity is going to drop. Yeah. Um, you, again, it's got to be, and you're not empowering anybody that way. And you're not helping the your other departments by having that productivity because the productivity that and stuff that they can be utilizing is listen to these customers if they were bought in. They could be bringing that stuff in, listening to the customers and telling the other departments the things that they need to do to make really rash and great decisions. You know, listening to the customer, tell them that, hey, this is not working or this store, this product or this service is not working. And so we can go back to our marketing teams, our app development teams, or whoever and say, hey, this is what the customer is saying. No, we don't have time to do that because we're trying to break through the frustration of working a new tool that we weren't bought into. In a competitive market, does your customer service stand out from the crowd? One way to offer a better experience is by moving your contact center to the cloud. But with so many options to choose from, how do you know which solution is the best for both your business and your customers? That's where VDS comes in and guides you to the best solution. They understand your clients' pain points, business outcomes, and goals. Then VDS designs, implements, supports, and provides 24-7 managed services. From start to finish, VDS is committed to finding the best solutions for your clients' needs. To learn more, go to www.govds.com or find a link in the show notes. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. You bring up a really good point because there's a point in customer service where on, on the one side, there is the legacy technology where 
the morale and productivity is suffering because you're in uh, not integrated correctly or it's you know has to do a, an update overnight and something crashes or the reliability is not there uh, maybe you have 16 applications you're opening over here right. and then on the other side uh, somebody over promised you uh, what this technology could do or maybe they said that they're going to be plenty of training or implementation was going to be this and that so there's some miscommunication and then leadership or somebody in, in uh, whose whose name is on the line is kind of saying, hey, we got this technology, it's gonna be awesome. You're gonna be, we're gonna implement it, you figure it out. So now their morality is still suffering. Their productivity is still suffering because they didn't train it, right? So, you know, how do you get that, how do you get that middle of the road, that sweet spot, the the three bears story where it's too hot, it's too cold and it's just right. How do you get that just right middle part? Yeah, I think again, uh, and I hate to sound like a, a broken record repeating, but you know, just getting that involvement. And as a leader, when other leaders and stuff, they're talking about technology, um, I'm proactive. And I think most CX professionals should be proactive. If they're not, they should be hearing what their agents are talking about on a daily basis. You know, sometimes they're, they're, they're telling you the problem without actually telling you the problem, right? They're frustrated with something, and so you, there's always that aha moment, you know, like, uh, man, I can't find this information. Aha, you know, and it, it's not coming to me quickly. Oh, we need a knowledge management system that gets you the answer. They didn't come out and tell you that that's what they wanted, but you can decipher that, right? And then when you're looking to get that information and you, uh, you know, that technology, you bring them in on that. But I think it's, it's about talking to them. Again, the employee experience relates directly to the customer experience. Hear what your employees are saying, and they will listen to the customers to deliver on those decisions. And that's what I always do is connect more than just, hey, your metrics are down today. You're not meeting the average handle time or you're you're talking you're you're you know asa is really up it's got to be beyond those metric numbers it's got to be hey you know what's going on today because they're people and we still need those people connections to make things go yeah you touched on something that's i think also important is when it comes to your employees or even for your customers for that matter is what are they saying and what are they not saying? And for you on the on the employee side, man, I'm super frustrated because I can't find this. You're not just saying, okay, well, let me help you find it. You're actually going to the root cause of the issue and saying, let's let's see if what that ultimate issue is, what's that from from a twenty thousand foot level, and let's see who else is having that problem. Yes. Because if you're just fixing the individual person and then going back to the next person. Uh, you're, you're creating a you're creating a mess. So I love that that you're understanding you the root cause. There you go. So t you talked about being a, a customer yeah, experience. Yeah, definitely. Go ahead, Jerry. No, I was just saying definitely. You got to go deeper than just that surface level action. So um, root cause is always what I drive for. I love it. So you talked about being a CX professional. 
And and we were talking a lot about being a change agent uh, in all of this conversation. So what makes a, a CX leader, a professional, a change agent in their, in their company? Yeah, so I think, um, and I've had this happen to me in, in three different sectors now. In the financial sector, I worked for Citibank for a while, and then I went to retail, you know, for 7-Eleven and convenience store kind of stuff. And now I'm at United Healthcare in a medical field kind of health insurance. Um, and no matter where I've gone, I've seen that, you know, companies talk about CX. They always put it out there. We're customer focused. They throw it out there as part of their values. But what does that really mean when you have uh, all these silos, right? And CX is what breaks, breaks all those silos down, right? Um, I can tell you how you can make your department more effective, but you have to change some mindsets. And CX is about changing the mindset, right? So you have to bring it to them in a way that they see the benefits for their department. Because, I mean, that's how silos are built up. They're all about protecting their stuff, right? If it's the IT team, they're protecting that. Mm -hmm. If it's my workforce management team, they're, they're protecting this. And the same with operations, advertisement, all that stuff, right? But you bring it back to them and the customer is saying this and IT, your app is not working. Let's make sure that, or the website's not working. Let's, let's make sure that, you know, the customer is telling this, I can improve your SEO scores, right? How can I help you improve this? Let me tell you, I, this is what the customer is saying. You know, with 7-Eleven, if I reached out and I said, I did an SEO search of 7-Eleven convenience stores, if I'm standing by a 7-Eleven, that should pop up, right? But sometimes it wasn't because of we weren't responding back to our customers. Let's collaborate now, right? Same thing in the app, IT. You know, we had fuel loyalty. And I had this stuff going on here at UHC with, you know, claims and the website. And so I had to go in there and get them to change their mindset and understand what it is. It's not, we have plenty of UX people in the workforce, right? They're, they're doing their, their test and they're doing their in, in test and they're saying, oh, the experience is supposed to be like this. It's good. I've tested it inside. I've tested over and over. Boom, let's push it out. But then the customer says differently. So yeah. we have to be able to voice that opinion of the customer in order to change the mindset of our partners and help them make better business decisions as well. So there you go. Yeah. Unfortunately, too many departments inside organizations kind of have their, their horse blinders on and they're like, I measured on this and I'm going to run in this direction because that's my focus. That's what I get paid on at the end of the end of the year on my bonus. The customer doesn't see horse blinders. Yeah. This is this is what they see. It's like it's like a fish with with eyes on both sides of their head. They're like, <laughs> I see you as an organization. Regardless of what you see and what you think I see, I see you as one. I don't see you as as yeah. 30 departments. So act like it. Act like a grown adult and stop acting like children. <laughs> that's that's the name of this podcast stop acting like children 
and, and being a grown adult and, and be a changing agent for customer experience. Yeah, it's like, you know, the mother that has five kids in the grocery store and they're all squabbling, right? Are you a family? Are you a tribe fighting each other? They're all fighting. I want this, I want that, right? Yeah. We got to bring that together and make it real yeah. whole, right? And so that's what you're right about the blinders. And then you said a fish. I was thinking more like a gecko because they're all <laughs> they're looking all around, right? <laughs> but yeah. Uh, you're, you're spot on with that. I love that. So Jerry, what's the, um, I ask two questions to every single guest. And the first one is this, what's book, one book or person who's influenced you the most in the last year? And then the second one is if you could leave a note to all customer service reps, is it going to hit everybody's desk Monday at 8 a.m.? What would it say? All right. Yeah, that's good questions, man. I think you guys, hope you didn't stop me with this one, but they, the one thing that I would say, the one book that um, has influenced me over this last year, and um, before I left 7-Eleven, we got to visit uh, Zappos, right? And um, Tony Shea was not there at the time, and unfortunately, Tony has passed away, um, but he was serving in, in his true mean. But the book, and I have a, I have a copy here, is the power of wow, right? And what makes this such a, a good book and just dynamic is that this was written not by Tony Shea, but by the employees mm. of Zappos. It tells their stories. Each, each section has stories about what they experience in customer experience, how they create the culture of service, change and innovation, right? And Tony gives that credit to those employees. Again, just something that um, I think about when we talk about the frontline employee empowering them, right? Just imagine you're an employee at Zappos and you're getting empowered to tell your story for this book. Your CEO comes and tells you, hey, we're going to write this book. I need your story. Man, just truly empowering the employment, the employees and their commitment to excellent customer experience. Yeah, just to and pause then, on that real quick, Jerry, I think yeah. it takes a lot of, uh, like going back to humility, like Tony could have been like, man, I'm, I'm the best, I'm the greatest, check out this company I built, look at all this service and culture and communication and experience, like I can write that book, but he decided not to. Yeah. Uh, I, I really respect that. Yeah, that's just, it's just an amazing book and some powerful stories. And again, to your point, that's an inspirational leader to me um, is being able to empower your employees um, in that manner. And then the last thing you said, if I could leave a note to all customer service professionals, what would I say? And I would say, don't let technology drive your CX strategy. Let human interactions be your guiding light. And because um, at the end of the day, no matter the communication channel, customer experience boils down to that connection on the human level, right? It does. And that's what we struggle with right now is how do we get humanized in the digital realm? How do we humanize and, and make that connection, that human connection in the digital realm? So that's the challenge of CX right now is um, not omni-channel because we can have 
uh, a lot of different channels, but it's making that connection through those different channels. Yeah, it's kind of like omni empathy. There you go. There yeah. you go. I, I see a new business venture with Jerry and Nick. Omni empathy. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> Jerry. Well, I'm ready. The... I'm ready for it, Nick. I'm ready to go. With you. <laughs> well, Jerry and Nick tour America. Uh, so, J Jerry. Uh, before my uh, my listeners hang up on me, uh, what what's the best way for my listeners to get a hold of you? Yeah, for me, I'm I'm not a big social media guy, but go and follow me on LinkedIn. I'm always on LinkedIn. You know, I connected. That's how we connected, right? That's how we connected, and I, yeah. And it's been a it's almost been a year or so now, Nick. Mm -hmm. And we we conversate every so often. And like you said, this is this is amazing that we talk, but this is this is everyday Nick and Jerry talking, <laughs> right? We could yeah. talk for hours, but yeah, yeah, go out there, look up, look me up on uh, LinkedIn, and uh, I have my contact information out there on LinkedIn, and let's uh, connect. I would love to connect with you and and talk about different strategies and different you know visions about CX. But there you go, man. I love it. Uh, always appreciate our conversations, Jerry, uh, on and off of the record button. Uh, but uh, looking forward to the next one. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. No, it's my pleasure, Nick. Always. Hey, listeners, can you think of one person who would benefit from the information you learned today? If so, please consider sharing it with them by giving them a link of this episode or directly from your app. And last, if you'd like to receive all the quotes and book recommendations from all my guests, go to pressonefornick.com forward slash podcasts. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.